Welcome to Shark City Podcast, the official podcast of Shark City Hockey, proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. The Sharks finally win a game in December, and they also finally win a game in a reverse retro sweater. E2 McIniemi becomes the youngest Sharks goaltender to win his first career start. And, you know, we're at the 30 game games played mark of the season. What's going on, everybody? I am Aaron James. This is the Shark City Podcast. Thank you for everybody who's joining me live right now on Instagram and on YouTube. As I get set to recap the past couple of games here in Sharks territory, it's been about nine days since we got together to talk Sharks hockey. So we're going to just briefly revisit the games in Ottawa and Buffalo, as well as the game, of course, most recently away against Anaheim and more specifically between that Vancouver. All right. Uh, so we're jumping all over the place. So let's get started. Uh, another quick preview. We'll be talking about probably one of the best Jersey deals I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sad to report that I actually didn't take advantage of it. So, you know, if you were one of the few out there that didn't get to see uh, that post, you know, I'm right there in that club with you. I didn't get a chance to uh, swap mine before they all sold out. Uh, but we'll get into that the details of that story and more on the Shark City podcast. So let's jump right into it, why don't we? Uh, the Sharks have played 30 games so far in the 2022-23 season and um, nine victories, 16 losses, five losses in overtime if you want to be, you know, if you can't count the L as a L, you know what I'm saying? But um, essentially, 23 points in the standings is not looking good for San Jose as they continue to uh, sink to the bottom Pacific Oddly enough, they are still in seventh place uh, over the Anaheim Ducks. Um, I mean, we beat them, but man, I'm surprised that they haven't found a way to, you know, be number one favorite draft pick lottery. I mean, obviously that's where all of this is headed, but all right, I digress. Let's just get into the recapping the games. Um, you know, up until just most recently when they won against Anaheim, the Sharks were essentially on a four-game slump. Uh, so back at Ottawa, this was on the 3rd of December. The Sharks lost 5-2. to two. Um, I'm only going to talk about this game for just, you know, some of the notables for us here in Sharks territory. Uh, first and foremost, pregame, EK65 was on Sportsnet. Uh, he was... Quoted saying that he wants to win, but more specifically, what probably stood out was Elliot Friedman was asking about the trade rumors that are going on about him in San Jose. And EK65 just called him out on it and said that, hey, it's you. You're the one who's spreading it. That's a pretty good laugh. Uh, you can check out the video. It's on our Instagram and on our Twitter at Shark City Hockey. But, uh, you know, he says he wants to win and hopefully here in San Jose. Um, there is no love lost for EK65 in Ottawa, obviously, because, um, you know, he was on the end of a pretty big hit uh won't shed too much light onto that let's just briefly cover the game uh tomas hurdle opened the score in an auto with a power play marker in the first period um sharks had some good puck movement while they're on the power play timo meyer found barabanov twice across the ice of so the face-off circle um so face-off circle the face-off circle just you know passing it between um Defenders on the power play. Uh, Barabanov got two shot attempts. One found the outside of the left post. And it took a Sharks bounce onto the trapezoid and back to the opposite post where Tomas Hurdle buried the puck. That's his eighth of the season. Again, why are we talking about this loss? It was about a week ago. Um, 
coincidentally or oddly enough however you want to put it uh when tomas turtle scored that goal there was an earthquake here in the bay area a 2.9 earthquake shook the east bay exactly at the same time tomas hurdle scored that goal so that's the only reason why um I'm even talking about this at this point. Uh, Hurdle would be the only shark to find a back in the net in that game as the Sharks lost 5-2 to, to the uh, Senators. Um, so, yeah, you know, mainly the biggest, I think the biggest story coming out of that game uh, with Tomas Hurdle scoring his two goals was he bounced back from a pretty horrible overtime shift that happened in, in Toronto. Uh, we discussed this previously on the last episode of the shark city podcast so by all means you can check it out sharkcityhockey.com but essentially hurdle admitted fault for the breakdown in the line change during overtime and i would say that he made up for it he made he probably made up more than, than enough for his mistake with uh, two goals to start the month of december um, someone who had a wish would follow hurdles lead is matt benning who gets the primary assist on claja rue's 10th goal of the season now, I've already given my opinion on Benning's play. Again, check out previous episodes on SharkCityHockey.com to be filled in, but this is not uncharacteristic of Matt Benning. As I've admitted plenty of times, I'm not an NHL-caliber athlete, so I can only share what I see from a fan's perspective, but Matt Benning continues to show a lack of defensive awareness, and case in point, he lost sight of the... He's you know he's losing sight of opposing players. Uh, Benny who, Benning, excuse me, Matt Benning, who actually won the race, the puck after his dunk behind the goal line of, by Ottawa, he just feeds it into the slot right onto the tape of Giroux's stick, and bam, tie game. All In all honesty, I think that moment was when the Sharks started to lose that game. Um, so, you know, the Matt Benning experiment continues in San Jose. Again, I'm not an NHL caliber athlete. I could only share what I see, but... I mean, this is just a consistent pattern with him. He's losing sight of players and just literally leaving people are, you know, leaving the attackers just, they're living rent free. They are living rent free in that defensive zone, baby, especially in the slot and the crease. Um, the game was really all about the Senators exposing the Sharks' number one ranked penalty kill. Another good reason to bring this up. Uh, the Sharks went into the contest, number one penalty kill overall. Uh, they surrendered three power play goals and, um, you know, toward like midway through the game, through the second period, um, they started taking penalties on like four minute intervals. So, you know, by the end of the third period, Sharks lost five to two. Capo uh, Kakinen wasn't looking very good. Another reason why we got to revisit this because all just storyline building up to, um, you know, some of the goaltending news that went down today and also some of the goaltending play that went on um, just recently in Anaheim, but uh, Capo Kakinen he made 34 saves on 39 shots, posted a 0.872 save percentage. Uh, obviously, uh, three power play goals, you know. So, you know, um, that was a bulk, I guess you would say, of you know the hits that he took, but it was starting to show, you know, it was starting to show that you know, maybe Capo Kakinen, I don't know. All I'm saying, you know, I don't want to blow it out of proportion, but it's starting to feel like it's been a long time since, you know, that shutout that happened back like a couple of weeks ago against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so he's kind of on the decline. Uh, more more about that a little bit later. Uh, let's just briefly catch up to what the Sharks been up to up to uh, this point in time. Uh, they played back-to-back games. So that was uh, the 3rd of December. The Sharks also played less than 24 hours later against the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo Sabres played in their throwbacks, true throwbacks, Sharks territory, all right? 
um, with what is now dubbed the Goathead jersey. I feel that Dominic Hasek era jersey is more appropriate. Um, I'm biased, though, because I remember the last time I saw those jerseys, it was live in person at the tank. Not saying that that's the last time that they wore these jerseys. It's just the last time I saw them live. Um, I'm about to date myself here right here. Um, <laughs> March 15th in the year 2000, uh, Sharks defeated Hasek and the Sabres 6-5 in overtime courtesy of a Jeff Friesen goal. Yeah, I was in, I was in the crowd. That was a really fun game. Uh, here's a, while we're on this, here's a trip down memory lane, okay? So uh, for more seasoned Sharks fans out there, uh, in that game, Owen Nolan, Marco Sturm, Alexander Koryuk, Tony Granado, and Vincent Donfu scored goals leading to Jeff Friesen's game winner in overtime. Trip on this. Um, some of the goal scorers that scored against the Sharks, um, oh man, I believe Doug Gilmore. But this is the one that's that's crazier. Scoring his 17th goal of the season for the Buffalo Sabres that put him up five to three midway through the third period. So that was an exciting game because the Sharks were, they they look like they're gonna lose. But the person to put up the Buffalo Sabres five to three midway through the third period was none other than Curtis Brown. All right, uh, let's go back to the future here. The Sharks had some grit back then. Anyways, um. Really quick, anyone else remember that the tank used to play a video graphic of the goalie stopping the pucks with a shield to appreciate Steve Shield's saves? I think they played the song, There Goes My Hero by Foo Fighters with it. Anyways, back to the point. Um, that was the last time I remember uh, seeing those jerseys when I saw them live as teams wore white at home back then. So that's why I was able to see, you know, the Sabres in their black jerseys, um, which they're now throwing it back to their alternates. Uh, the Sabres brought it back with those old school threads. Wish the Sharks would do more of the same. It is what it is. Uh, Sabres opened up the scoring first, you know, right in the first period against the Sharks. They also did the same thing in the second period. Uh, again, just going over this for most notable, um, you know, for, for what's most notable for Sharks fans in the game. Uh, Nick Bonino finally got off the schneid, scored his first goal of the season. Oscar Lindblom scored his first of the season. Kevin LeBanc scored his fifth. And Aaron Dell got his first start in net for the San Jose Sharks this year. That's right. Heavy metal guitarist and stellar, stellar goaltender, Deller goaltender, Aaron Dell was called up from the CUDA, as we discussed in the last episode. Uh, Dell had a pretty solid game. All right. He he finished the game. You know, the stats aren't as sexy. He finished him uh, the game with a .865 save percentage, 32 saves on 37 shots. But let me tell you now, don't let the stats influence how Dell performed. He made 15 saves in that first period, sending the Sharks into the second with a 2-1 lead. And, well, you know, we already heard this song before, right? The Sharks allow a goal just 16 seconds into the game. Um, and 40 minutes later, or excuse me, 15 minutes into the, um, 16 seconds into the second period, my bad. And then, you know, 40 minutes later, it's a 5-2 loss. Uh, Matt Nieto took a devastating hit in that 13th minute of the second period. Another reason why he's like, another reason why it's worth mentioning revisiting these games. So, you know, he's now on the injury reserve. He was placed on it days later. But that 13th minute second period, uh, it was just nasty. It was just nasty, okay? Um, wasn't a pretty game for, for... It wasn't a pretty game at all for anyone until... And uh, we're just going to leave it at that. So yeah, uh, Nieto is on the IR. Nico Sturm is taken off injury reserve. The Sharks call up C.J. Seuss and E2 McIniemi. 
Um, obviously, a lot of the buzz and noises around the goaltender position. Uh, so that leads us to last Wednesday. Speaking of which, um, if you haven't heard this already, uh, pun intended, by the way, uh, do you all did you all catch the love that the Sharks got on Netflix new show Wednesday? Anyways, I got to check that out. I've seen it. I've seen the clip and I've seen it. I believe I even shared it on my account. But I'll just admit it. Haven't sat down and binge watched it yet. Just haven't had time these holiday seasons. All right. Uh, so Sharks versus Vancouver. So now we're back on, you know, a little bit more back on schedule, a little bit more recent here in Sharks territory. So I can spend a little bit more time on these games. Um, so let's slow the pace down a little bit here. <clears throat> By the way, thank you again for um, all those who are watching live on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, it's late here in San Jose. Per usual, we have the last word here in Sharks territory. So, you know, uh, thank you for those of you who have seen up past your bedtime on this Monday night. All right. It was reverse retro night in San Jose, literally, with Vancouver also wearing their alternate throwbacks. The Canucks brought back legendary Johnny Canuck, their logo they used prior to joining the National Hockey League. Um, you know, right off, of, right off the back, I would say the game grab the interest of Sharks fans who couldn't help but notice that Nick Benito was placed on the second line. Now, most Sharks fans were very opinionated about the lineup decision by Coach Quinn. But, you know, <laughs> however, whatever it is, however you feel, what type of way you feel about Nick Benito, uh, Bones delivered as a top six forward 18 seconds after opening faceoff, all right? Nick Benito scores first goal of the game uh, per Sharks PR on Twitter. That's the fastest goal to start a game for the Sharks this season and is tied for 14th fastest to start a game in franchise history. It was a beauty of a goal, to be honest. Uh, Benito redirected shot in between the legs of Canucks defender. I believe the shot came from Matt Benning. So, you know, for as many assists that Matt Benning is getting with the Sharks, he allows goals. That's all I'm going to say. Um, it was a beauty of a goal, though, via the redirect from Benino, who got it in between the legs of the defender and um, past goaltender Spencer Martin for the um, Canucks. It didn't take long for Vancouver to tie it up. Dakota Joshua scored his fifth of the season for Vancouver on a play that just frustrates me. I don't want this to sound like I'm just, you know, trying to tear one to Matt Benning because, again, I'm not an NHL caliber player, all right? I just... I'm only going to, you know, I only could speak on what I see. But, you know, it's getting real, real exasperating how often opponents are living rent-free in the slot and crease the season. More frustrating is, again, Matt Benning is typically the defender leaving attackers unchallenged and open. Again, Benning is caught watching the puck and Dakota Joshua scores right in front of him. Right in front of him. Um, I digress. So, yeah, the new two or fewer strikes again in Sharks territory following that whole sequence of events. Um, Vancouver scores a power play goal with less than 30 seconds to go in the period. Again, courtesy of Dakota Joshua. Uh, Sharks are now down 2-1 to one at, at the end, um, you know, the end of the first. So, um, if you haven't heard, you know, the new two or fewer, this is uh, shared with y'all a couple of episodes ago, is this is all Sharks. I'm not making this up. This isn't something like I just came up with in the studio or, you know, like a bunch of people. Let's, 
Um, this is from Sharks fans, all right? So the new two or fewer is uh, the trend this season. The Sharks are allowing goals with like less than two minutes to go in a period. Um, I think we have to apply that to the start of the period as well because just 93 seconds into the second period, the Canucks score another goal now leading three to one. Not sure how LeBanc blown a tire at the blue line at the same time. He was getting poke checked, but he belly flops on the ice and Canucks capitalize on the opportunity. Very, very weird, awkward play, honestly. I've watched it over and over and replay. I'll be real with you. I just I don't know what he did. He tripped on his skate. Can't tell if he got his like knee clipped up with the defender. Um Maybe I should watch the other replay in angles. I don't know. But the point I'm trying to get at is it just looked, it, it in live, in real time, it just looked awkward, to say the least. But it's all good, because Timo Meyer and Couture reestablished order in Sharks territory. Uh, they both scored goals on special teams just less than three minutes apart to tie the game for San Jose. Uh, Meyer scored a power play goal for his 13th of the season, while Captain Couture scored his 14th of the goal and uh, simultaneously recorded his first shorthanded goal of the season. Um, so that was, that was what's up. Because uh, now Logan Couture is tied with Owen Nolan and Marco Sturm for second most shorthanded goals in franchise history. Anyone want to guess who's number one? They're raising his jersey in a couple of months from now at the tank. Of course, Patrick Marlowe currently holds the franchise record of 17 shorthanded goals. If Couture could do this four times again this season, he'll take the record. You never know. Uh, but at this point, the game is tied three apiece. And again, the new two or fewer strikes, and the Sharks are down 4-3 with 32 seconds left in the second period. My goodness gracious. Um, so it's the second intermission. The Sharks broadcasting team is talking Maple Leafs for some reason, and head coach David Quinn decides he's sitting Kapokakinen. Going to send him out for the third period. Giving the last 20 minutes to rookie goaltender E2 McEnany. You know, Then all of a sudden, the Sharks show up. I'll be real with you. I don't know if it's just you know rejuvenation from... You know, a younger player, and that, I don't know what it is. You know how they say, you know, put some young blood or whatever, but real talk, like, they just showed up. Um, Jonah Gadjevich gets his first of the season, just two minutes, 45 seconds into the third, uh, followed by Kevin LeBanc's sixth goal of the season. That started off with a heck of a pass by Eric Carlson, by the way. He just powered the puck from his own defensive zone. I think he was, like, in a slot, like, right in the middle of the ice, and he just feeds it to Hurdle, who's at the Vancouver's blue line. That's two-line passing. I'm still one of those people. It is what it is. I know they got rid of it to make the game faster, but mm, I feel like the two-line passing it just made the game so much like, I don't know. I know someone argued that it's, you know, you have more skill in the game now than you did back then, but I would say that it required skill to, you know, be able to connect the passes without doing a two-line violation. Anyways, old-school hockey. Um, Back to the point. Eric Carlson, he found um, Hurdle at the blue line. So deep, like right in like the middle of the face-off circles, essentially, uh, in his own zone. Feeds it to Hurdle at the blue line of Vancouver's uh, zone. And, um, you know, Hurdle proceeds the puck, drop passes it to Kevin LeBanc. That was a great drop pass, by the way. And, you know, LeBanc just deposits it. He slaps it home. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm... McAnamie and the Sharks are leading the game 5-4. to four. Oh, man. It's funny to see everybody who threw shade, by the way, on EK65 last season show so much love to him this season. 
Obviously, you know, he's doing way better than he's ever done in San Jose. But um, I'm, I'm loving this, man. I mean, my goodness. He's doing outstanding. I mean, what is it? 37 points in 30 games now. I'll be real with you, okay? I'll be real with you. Um, at the beginning of the season... I was like when he was going through this, like I'll say through the first 15, 20 games, I was thinking like, all right, we'll see how long this can happen. I think I even mentioned it on one of the episodes, but long story short is I'm starting to believe, man. <laughs> I'm starting to believe that this guy is going to like probably take home the Norris trophy at the least. We'll see if he can keep it up and take MVP. And like he said, um, in that interview with Sportsnet prior to the Ottawa game, you know, hopefully he doesn't sound Zay. Hopefully he doesn't hear. All right, uh, the game isn't over though. Obviously, you know it was a loss in overtime. Um, ah, man. So you know, McIniemy, he didn't really see any shots on net like until halfway through the third period. Um, he only managed to stop six of the eight shots in the overtime loss. A few games back, Sharks captain Logan Couture told press that the Sharks are finding ways to lose games. Well, that statement holds true to this game, for sure. Uh, the Sharks allowed a power play goal to tie the game. Again, I know they were down a man, but there's Andre Kuzmeko just kicking it at the side of the net. And guess whose assignment it looked like that guy belonged to? Matt Benning. Matt Benning decides to challenge the body in front of him, despite Luke Kunin being next to that Canucks attacker. I mean, he commits pretty much to a double team. On a pass, which leaves another rent-free attack deep in the zone. But to be fair, Mark Edward Vlasic was also there, and he could have made a play on Kuzmenko as well. But nobody commits to him, and he slams the puck into the net. Anyways, uh, the Sharks manage to get a point in the standings, but they lose the game 35 seconds before a shootout was necessary. So at this point, the Sharks are on a four-game losing streak, and they have yet to win a game in a reverse retro jersey, going zero and six all time. Or again, if you want to be one of those who don't see a loss as an L, they are 0-5-1 between both reverse retro sweaters. So the curse of the reverse continued the Sharks territory until the other day in Anaheim, which we'll recap right now as we catch up to the Sharks' action since the last time we got together here on the Shark City Podcast. Thank you all again for uh, watching on YouTube um, or on Instagram Live and uh, to everybody else who's checking out this um, episode on their favorite podcast platform. All right, so uh, pregame going into the contest, um, the Ducks had won back-to-back -back games against the Sharks this season, so a 6-5 overtime win on the 1st of November and a 4-5 shootout win just four days later. Uh, Anaheim earned um, victories against the Sharks, I think eight out of their last ten games leading up to this uh, contest. Um, and, you know, ESPN brought us coverage of the Sharks' action, which means EK65 was asked again about a potential trade. Um, a lot of fans are making a very valid point, being if you keep asking about a trade, he's not going to comment on it because why would he want to influence any potential move or, you know, um, mess around with perceived trade value? Um, you know, he doesn't want to play his hand, so to speak. I don't know if he's going to go anywhere. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, I think it's going to be one of those storylines that's going to 
not go away until after the trade deadline pass. But um, back to, back to um, the question that ESPN asked. It was Linda Cohn. She asked, what do you want to see happen uh, in regards to a trade, I guess. Uh, EK65 responds, that's way above my pay grade. I'm way above my pay grade. Excuse me, pay grade. Kind of spit that one out. That's one above my pay grade with whatever happens. I'm kind of a day-to-day guy, and you never know what's going to happen in the future, so I'm not planning for anything. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know what to make out of that, to be honest with you, because I believe, I believe, um, you know, and he said this um, in the Ottawa pregame interview with Sportsnet as they were bringing coverage to the um, Sharks fans up north. But um, long story short, back to the point, or long story short, is, you know, EK65, you can see how, um, you know, if you put the collection of the answers that he's been giving since Mike Greer kind of, like, uh, opened a can of worms on trade talks for EK65, um, it seems like as time and time moves on, you know, we get to learn a little bit more about what's going on in the mind of um, Eric Carlson. And that might be a little far-fetched, but just hear me out. Um, you know, at the beginning, it was kind of like, you know, these are rumors, don't really pay attention to that. But also, you know, it's kind of being um, softened, if you will, with like, you know, I'm a day-to-day, I'm a day-to-day guy. I'm a um, see what's going to happen in the future, not really plan for anything. And then also, you know, he's like, he wants to win. You know, he's getting older. You know, he said all this stuff. So it's like, I don't know. Um, I can't. It's hard at this point to see the season like it's hard to, and now I know there's a lot of Sharks fans aren't going to like to hear this but it's hard for me to see the season ending with EK65 still on the roster. But enough of that. Um there's still like so many more months that we're going to hear that story. I don't even want to go over it again. Uh but back to the game, all right? Back to the game. So Sharks versus Duck. This ha- uh, Sharks versus Ducks. This just happened on Friday. Uh, Timo Meyer gets the first goal of the game. It's his 14th of the season, which puts him at a tie with Captain Lou Couture for number one on the team for goals scored. Meyer made his way across from uh, the right faceoff circle in Anaheim zone. He loves that spot, I'm noticing. Um, uh, so it's all, duh, he's a winger. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, he won, you know, right off the faceoff. Um, he just goes across the right faceoff circle and he like, Shakes two Ducks defenders on his way for an easy tap-in from Carlson. Freaking Eric Carlson, man. Again, 37 points in 30 games. Uh, Norris Trophy winning defenseman is here, baby. He is here in San Jose. For how long? I'm sure they'll keep asking. Uh, Scott Harrington scores his first goal as a Shark, so now it's 2-0 Sharks. Kevin LeBanc and Timo Meyer got the assist on that. About 93 seconds later, Eric Carlson scores his 12th goal of the season. Barry Bonoff. With the assist, 15th of the year. Hurdle gets his 20th assist on that goal. Eight seconds later, Nico Sturm scores his seventh of the season. Two goals in eight seconds for the Sharks. Just one second shy of the shortest time between goals and Sharks history. This is via Sharks PR on Twitter. This happened two times, seven seconds. That's the fastest um, or the shortest time in between goals in Sharks history. Seven seconds. Happened two times. Uh, most recently with Shimmick and Vil. So Radim Shimmick and Jeffrey Vil back in um, 2021, December 28th, 2021. So, man, almost a year to date. And then uh, another time back in 92. 
Uh, so the Sharks led four to one at the end of the second period. So it was pretty evident that uh, Ito Makinami was about to get his first career victory in his first career start. Uh, Nick Benino and Steven Lorenz top it off in the third period, both scoring their third goals of the season. Benino now on a three-game goal-scoring streak. How about that? How about that? You know, speaking of which, is Nick Bonino like the new Mario Ferraro? I think going into that game, he led all NHL forwards with 37 block shots. Not sure what it is now, to be honest with you. But, you know, everyone is aware that Mario Ferraro has been on IR since December 3rd. So, you know, um, somebody had to step up and uh, take, you know, take the puck. (laughs) Woo, 37 block shots. Way to go, Bonino. And there it is, too, for all those of you who are out there questioning what it is he's doing or how he's contrib- contributing or why is he still in the lineup. Well, there it is. All right. It was the penalty kill. It's his ability to get in front of the puck. And look at him, man. Three game goal scoring streak. All right. So take a quick breather here in Instagram. We have some questions. Should we tank? Um, oh man, I don't know. I mean, should we, or will we, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Two different things. I don't think we should tank. I'm a sound sharks fan. To me, that's like, it's like an oxy. I don't know. It's, I don't want to, I don't want to use that word. It sounds so generic, but essentially to me, it's like, it's like going against the, your, your own nature, right? It's like. I've already said this plenty of times, and thank you again, um, Rory Jean on Instagram, uh, one of the you know followers of uh, the account and the show. Glad that you're joining uh, me this evening. Um, you know, I think that the Sharks, I'll just say it this way. Logan Couture said it himself, right? The Sharks are finding ways to lose games. I'm going to leave it at that. All right. I don't think they should tank. Um, yes, I agree with you. As well, we have a lot of really good young talent. Um, we don't need. I don't think we need Bernard. I don't think we need him. It'd be nice to have him. It would be, but I don't think we need him. As a matter of fact, I'm with some of you out there who may have been like, hey, why did CJ Seuss get called up and not Thomas Bordalo? Right? I mean, they could have called up Eklund, Bordalo, and some more and everyone's going to always argue oh they'll get quality minutes in the ahl all right i give you that you know what i'm saying but and and they're doing pretty good too it's probably worth visiting some of their uh you know how they've been doing in kuda country um sometimes in the near future but to get to the point um the sharks i think they have what they need to win now but are they going to utilize what they need to win now i don't think so <laughs> case in point today they reactivated James Reimer. Hoorah. That's that's a plus. That's a plus. I'm glad that Ottawa's Reimer is back. But who did they send down? Some of y'all said they sent down the wrong goaltender. We'll get into that in just a moment. Let's finish off uh, this game right here. Uh, so we're recapping um, the South East Sharks' most recent game right now against Anaheim. Of course, story of the game was E2 McIniemi. Uh, 23 saves on 24 shots for a 0.958 save percentage per shark stats on Twitter at the age of 23 years old, 234 days. E2 Makiniemi is the youngest goalie in Sharks history to win his first NHL start. Previous goaltender was Mika Kiprasov. 
24 years, 165 days old on April 8th, 2001, also at Anaheim. So, Mackie Niemi almost gets a shutout. Almost gets a shutout. And uh, this is per Sounds of Sharks. Last time the Sharks shut out an opponent, um, that was, well, we'll say the last time the Sharks shut out opponent at home was March 12th, 2022. Uh, LA Kings, they won 5-0. Aiden Hill made 29 saves. The last time they shut out an opponent on the road, 4-0. That was most recently. Capo Kakadin, that was on the 29th. I mentioned earlier in the podcast, almost like two weeks ago, it seems so far away, right? Cabo Kakin just seems so far away. We'll go into that a little bit more right now. But um, the last time the Sharks won by five or more goals um, on the road was, coincidentally, Montreal as well. Uh, they beat them 5-0 to zero on uh, October 19th of uh, 2021. And the last time a rookie shutout occurred for San Jose, was in 2014. That happened at Carolina. That was Troy Grossen. That came in 45 saves in the 2-0 shutout victory over the Hurricanes. Um, the last rookie shutout to happen at San Jose. Yeah, go back way further. 2003, March 27th, 2003. The Red Wings were shut out by Vesa Toscala. 25 saves, 3-0 victory. So what do you think, Sharks fans? Is it too early to label E2 McNeemi as a franchise goaltender? Sharks only had one legit franchise goaltender in their history. Um, for comparison, if getting the Bokov's debut, he had a shutout. He made 39 saves, and he was 24 years old. I say leave Big Mac in the net. At this point of the season, it is obvious that Capital Kakinen is trending downwards. Uh, it feels like a long-distant memory again from that first shutout as a Shark. Uh, putting them on waivers makes zero sense because Kakinen definitely would not clear and the Sharks could lose out a potential rental player or future consideration in the draft. And um, again, James Reimer was activated from injury reserve today. So obviously McNeamy was sent down to Dakota because he's exempt from being claimed on waivers. Um, it's not like the Sharks are going to roll three goaltenders. So we'll see what head coach David Quinn has in mind for McNeamy. Um, I say he should start the next game because he's definitely earned it. But uh, James Reimer is still the starting goaltender in San Jose. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, at this point, it makes you wonder, like, who do you move, right? Do you move Reimer or do you move uh, Capo Kakinen at this point? I don't know. But what I do know is right now is probably a good time to take a quick break, quick breather, and um, hear a little word from our friends at DraftKings. We'll be right back. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligible. 
All right. So it's live. So, you know, that was uh, as smooth as sandpaper. <laughs> My bad on the transitions there. Um, it's funny because I was about to go into like how, um, you know, these holidays with everything coming up. Um, thank you, first of all, to everybody who's been um, with me live from the beginning, top of the hour, top of the program. Um, you know, this, these holidays, you know, this, this weather specifically in San Jose, man, like so crazy, you know, one minute, the sun is out next minute. It's pouring cats and dogs. Um, you know, it's the type of weather that makes you want to, you know, cuddle up and read a good book and all the other cliches that, uh, Phyllis uses on the office, but no, in all seriousness, um, you know, this weather and, you know, the holidays, like. Man, you know, it's just definitely been um, de definitely been that cozy kind of snuggle, cuddle weather. My bad. Like, wait, 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 what's going on? It's a hockey podcast. The point I'm trying to say is, um, you know, it took me, I feel like it took me a minute to find the groove in this episode. And that's just because, you know, with, with the holidays, you know, things are a little bit all over the place right now. So thank you. Thank you for staying with me throughout the program. And thank you for being, um, you know, so always supportive of Shark City Hockey. I really appreciate it. Um, so if you don't know, we are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Reddit, uh, YouTube, uh, you name it, right? Uh, but the whole reason I mentioned that is that on Reddit, we went to um, the community, the Sounds of Trust community, um, subreddit, I think is what they call it. And um, we asked other Sharks fans, or I guess I could say I asked other Sharks fans, <laughs> um, you know, we asked them how they felt about the reverse retro 2.0 so it's no secret here to everyone that listens to this podcast that i'm not a big fan of them but who cares what i think i want to know what y'all out there thought so um i left it up for i think about a day like 24 hours or so maybe a little bit more i don't know um, but it received 423 total votes and i'm happy to report to you that 75 percent of sharks fans are filling the reverse retro jersey Another way of saying that is they're digging it or they like it. Uh, they think it's fire. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, it's cool. I'm glad they finally got a victory in it. Seriously. Um, not going to go into why I'm not. I don't care for it. If you want to know why, check out some of um, the previous episode with the reverse retros in the title. Uh, but what I really want to go over is like the bargain of the century like the deal of the year okay this is definitely like a holiday like like man like this i don't know this trend like to me this is like turning like the main gift into a stocking stuffer essentially because boy oh boy um if you didn't hear and you know this is probably just another reason really quick and i don't want to sound like you know I don't want to take an opportunity to like promote here or whatever, right? But here's the truth. There's probably another good reason to follow us on social media at Shark City Hockey. Um, because, you know, we shared this news. We thought, again, you know, as a fan, I'm like, hey, this is something that I would love to know about. And I would love to, ha you know, if I was, if other Sharks fans were around me, I would love to, that I'm sure they would love to know about this. And I would just love to, you know, share it. So that's what I did. Okay. Um, so don't get... Don't, don't get the wrong intention of it. I just thought it was an awesome find. And a lot of you out there agreed. And thanks for showing the love. Back to the point. The Adidas 
website, okay? So Adidas manufactures NHL jerseys. Um, they were selling the Adidas website, okay? They were selling the Way jersey, the new San Jose Sharks Prime Green, if they still use that designation, um, jersey, okay? So in other words, the ones that you would find in the stores, like at the tank, okay? They were selling the new 2022-2023 Away threads, the latest ones, for $72 for William Eklund Bucks. $72. I think that's more than half off. Definitely more than half off. What are you talking about? Anyways, when I when when I when I came across this, it was like every size available. I think from like double XS to like triple XL. At the end of the evening, they sold out, baby. And I am not shocked because that's the best jersey, in my opinion, with this whole new line of jersey threads. I know 75% of you Sharks fans out there love the reverse retros, but I think about 85 to 90% of Sharks fans agree that the white jersey is the better of the two of the new release ones. So I'm super, super sad that I did not get a chance to take advantage of that deal myself. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Um, you know what I mean? If you didn't catch it, stay tuned. I'm sure there's more to follow. Um, apparently, you know, this, like, the general consensus from fans out there is that this will continue. This trend will continue because Adidas and the NHL, um, you know, that marriage is ending, so to speak. I guess, you know, they're going to, I don't know who they're going to go with, but I know that Adidas is no longer going to be like, you know, manufacturing NHL jerseys. Uh, so who knows? Do they go back to Reebok? I don't know. Do they let each team choose who they want to, you know, be their manufacturer like back in the day? Who knows? Um, but yeah, what I do know is that um, tomorrow's game, okay, tomorrow's game, Sounds of Sharks are going to be playing the Arizona Coyotes. Did you all get a chance to see their arena? Where they're playing, where they have like both logos. That's so strange. They have like the uh, the college logo and the pro team logo at center ice. Only only in Arizona. Anyways, um, good news for y'all out there. Sounds like sharks. <clears throat> pardon me. Have a sixty two point nine percent chance of winning that game, baby. So. I think that puts, um, I think, yeah, that puts the Coyotes at plus 141, Sharks at negative 167 for those of y'all who play, um, you know, for all y'all who play out there, you know, uh, who love your odds. Um, what will this do for the Sharks if they win? Not much. Um, you know, it'll increase their chances by 1.6% to make the playoffs. So if the Sharks win the game tomorrow, you know, they'll have a 13.6% chance of losing, excuse me, of making the playoffs. So, you know, it's not really um it's not really going to have much impact for us in terms of, you know, our Stanley Cup hopes and dreams. I believe the Athletic reported that we are on track for like 54 points the entire season. So strap in Sharks territory because things are about to get crazy around here. Um 
man, I really wish, really quick, I really wish that they kept E2 Makaniemi in the lineup because now for all of those Barrio Sports fans, especially this past weekend, pardon me as I um, cross between uh, multiverses here into multi-sports, right? But um, I'm a 49er fan. I've already said in the last podcast, um, Brock Purdy, rookie sensation. That's outstanding, baby. That's like, re- talk about like, you know, bringing some momentum and rejuvenating. Like, what a storyline. I The Sharks could easily have that with E2 Makaniemi. I mean, when you look at the kid's stats, whether it was, um, you know, with his former AHL team, the, the Wolves, or, you know, um, what he played in like, under 16 the u18 uh what he's done in sim liga and what he's done like you know with the cuda he he's always had always is kind of like a strong word but point i'm trying to say is like 0.900 save percentage or better he's proven the kid is proven okay i mean they they dress him for the Cuda and he gets a shutout. I think in his first game as a Cuda. I mean his first start with the Sharks, he allows one goal. The kid has proven. So, yeah, I'm thinking um, the sound of the Sharks should have should keep him. But you know, back to the question earlier from you know the chat, should the Sharks tank? Well, I don't think they should. Will they? You know, it's a whole other question. More than likely, I hate to say it, but it is what it is. Um, but hey, you know, speaking of the CUDA, why don't we uh kind of jump ship over here really quick and just quickly revisit the San Jose Barracuda? I think the last time we got together to talk about the Barracuda has been about nine games that they've played so far. Uh, they had a game against Henderson, Bakersfield, back to back, um, two game series against both Iowa and Tucson. Uh, they took on the Coachella Valley Firebirds and the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, just want to touch on my Barracuda because they've been doing some fun stuff over um past couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, let's see. Um, I want to just kind of get over this briefly. So, Barracuda defeated the Henderson Silver Knights 5-2. to two. Um, Let's just quickly visit some of the goal scorers here for San Jose uh, on... Ani Diabucci got his um, first goal of the season. He scored um, in the first period. And um, second period, it was Tristan Robbins, his seventh of the season. Uh, third period was pretty much all San Jose. Bordalo got his eighth. Augustino got his fourth. Viel got his third. Um, you know, it's a pretty good game. Solid um, performance by Strauss Mann. He's... Um, Made nine shots, eight saves, and then Malkiniami also took a shift in there. So I believe uh, Man was taken out first period. I'm not too sure. But yeah, Malkiniami also, you know, got some um, solid play. He made 25 saves on 26 shots. Three stars of the game. Uh, for San Jose, they got the first and second star. It was Agazino and Ryan Merkley. Uh, so kudos to those kids. Uh, again, we're just going to briefly cover some of the Kuda action so we stay all current here in Shark City Hockey. Um... Cuda also defeated the Bakersfield Condors. I believe the San Jose Barracudas won seven or last nine, if I haven't said that already, so pardon me. Um, so, you know, they're doing pretty good. So if you're wondering why Bordalo or Eklund and the other kids are being called up, it's because they're handling right now in the AHL. Um, 
Gushin got his fourth goal this season uh, to open up the scoring for uh, the Barracuda. Uh, the game pretty much was scoreless in the second, and then San Jose, um, they get their game-winning goal by C.J. Seuss, so maybe that's why Quinn decided to bring him up. I mean, Eklund and Bordelow are scoring, that's for sure. But uh, back to the point, Makiniemi, who was playing that game, made another 25-save um, performance on 26 shots, uh, three stars of the game. Uh, for San Jose, I'm not going... If you're noticing, I'm not sharing the third stars because for the other team, I could care less. <laughs> but uh, the first and second stars of the game for San Jose, uh, Daniel Gushin and CJ Seuss. Uh, moving right along here in Kuda Country, um, they dropped the game against the uh, Iowa Wild 4-3. to I'm just going to briefly go over the goal scoring for the Sharks. Uh, Agazino got his fifth of the season in the first period. Uh, three goals were surrendered by the Sharks following that. Um, so, you know, they lost it. They say you cannot win a game in the first period, but you can lose a game in the first period. Awkward, right? Kind of a weird saying, but it's facts. Um, Sharks, uh, you know, they brought it within one, but it wasn't enough to get it done. Um, so, you know, uh, Johnson got his fourth of the um, season for Dakota. Um, CJ Seuss's third in that third period. Um, you know, just moving on. Again, uh, Strassman. 33 um, shots faced, 29 saves. He played a game. Now they're playing the Wild again. Again, another loss. Not even going to really go into it. Uh, just want to say that Bordalo scored his ninth of the season in that game. And um, Gushin scored his fifth. And William Eklund scored his fifth as well in that loss. Um, so some better news. They bounce back. Um, Tuscan Roadrunners, they come to San Jose. They come to the new Texas U. And uh, Barracuda defeat them four to two. Um, it was a pretty solid game. Uh, Bordalo he scores a goal. I mean the kids are looking good. Uh, three stars of that game. All San Jose was Bordalo, um, Luke Johnson, and Ryan Merkley. Um, yeah, you know, if I were you, I'd check out a Cuda game. And if you didn't get a chance, you missed the teddy bear toss, and you also missed the Top Gun promotions. Obviously, there's going to be plenty more chances to check out the CUDA. And, um, you know, I'm going to have to check out some more games there myself. I'll be honest with you. I'm guilty of not, um, I'm guilty of ghosting the new Tech CU. But, you know, again, I'm kind of caught up right now in the holidays like the rest of y'all. Um, while also trying to, um, you know, follow my favorite teams here in San Jose. Uh, so what can we look forward to uh, coming up for the San Jose Sharks again? Um I guess today, right, baby? I gotta start dropping these podcasts a little bit, a little bit earlier. But um, today they're gonna be taking on the Arizona Coyotes. Um, that's going on at the Shark Tank. It's gonna be a seven thirty face uh, face off, or at least that's the schedule. Seven thirty face off. Um, then this weekend, Saturday, uh, they're it's back to back, baby. Saturday they're gonna be in LA, and then they'll come back home and host the Flames. Um, we won't see them again until Thursday, or excuse me, Tuesday, where they'll face the Flames again. Uh, so if you want to check out Calgary for two games in a row in, in Sharks territory, you can catch them Sunday or Tuesday. They'll both be at the tank. Um, you know, the Sharks won't play again until later on Thursday. They'll be hosting a Wild and then, um, you know, face the Canucks again. You never know with those Canucks, right? Anyways. So, yeah. Um, on a lighter note, you know, cause I don't, I can't really 
tell you what the Sharks are going to do, whether or not they're going to win those games. But what I can tell you is that tonight's game, Randy Hahn will be announcing his 2,000th NHL game. Or he'll have worked his 2,000th NHL game. So congratulations, Randy Hahn. Been having yourself a heck of a year, man, with milestones, including, um, you know, earning uh, the USN citizenship. So the United States citizenship. So congratulations on both accomplishments and achievements. Um, Kevin LeBanc, is, uh, if you haven't known, he scored 200 points in his previous game. Uh, Matt Nieto, unfortunately, you know, he's on IR, but he is two games away from 600 career NHL games. Uh, Rat, uh, James Reimer, now that he's back in net, he's three wins away from 200 NHL wins. Matt Benning doesn't seem to be going anywhere. The Matt Benning experience uh, experiment, more like it, continues in San Jose. Uh, he's five games away from 400 career NHL games. Eric Carlson, 37 points, 30 games. Without a doubt, he's going to reach 700 points of his career. He's five away. And yeah. I mean, the rest is kind of a little bit too far down the road. So, you know, we'll discuss them as we get closer. So those are some things to look forward to here in Sharks territory. All right. And that is it. It's been about a whole entire regulation of an NHL game. And I think that's good enough. Thank you to everybody who is kicking with me late night here in Shark City. This is the Shark City podcast, official podcast of Shark City Hockey. Proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. I don't know if I'm going to get used to saying that. I love it. Thank you to everybody out there who's been, um, you know, dropping the comments in the comment section on Instagram. Uh, thank you to everybody who's going to check out the uh, audio version on their favorite podcast platform. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been following us. This podcast was launched late January of this year. It only took us eight months to get a sponsorship, and we're loving it. Um, um, you all have a good night. I'm Aaron James. Check out all previous episodes of the Shark City Podcast on SharkCityHockey.com. Uh, if you want to listen to some metal because we just don't get enough of it here in the Bay Area, you can check us out, uh, 91SHRK at SharkCityHockey.com. That's free, free, absolutely free streaming music. Just have it there in case you want to kill some time, really, real talk. You know, uh, Same thing with Shark City TV, just a collection of um, or an archive of historical games that are already available and free out there. But uh, check it out, all right? Not a problem with just stuff that we have on our website for Sharks fans who are uh, looking uh, looking to add a little variety in their scrolling experience. All right, I'm Aaron James. I'm calling it a night. Uh, we'll get together more than likely Saturday morning. So that's the other thing I want to talk about. Uh, I'll take it to Instagram and you know maybe to the other social media pages to get your all feedback. I want to know... How would you like to uh, continue enjoying this program in the near future, starting in January as we reached our one-year anniversary on the Shark City podcast? Um, we're thinking about doing it live every Saturday morning. You get that Saturday morning hockey, baby. Or if you see the avatar, pretty much Saturday morning cartoon, right? All right. Uh, we'll discuss all that in the near future. Thank you all for listening to the 14th episode of the second season of the Shark City Podcast. I am Aaron James. I'm signing off for the evening. Let's go Sharks. And, um, you know, hopefully you beat the Coyotes. Beat the Desert Dogs. All right. All right, everybody.